Hello, I'm Aidan Gallagher. I'm Peter Reeves. Welcome to API, our integration podcast. The purpose of this podcast is to set the world to rights on various topics in the world of enterprise integration, and it scratches our collective itches as engineers who just want to uh, rant about enterprise IT over a cup of coffee. Or tea. Hello, Peter. Hello, Aidan. How are you? I'm okay, actually. How are you? Pretty good, thank you. So what are we going to be talking about today, Peter? We are going to be talking about quality gates, quality gates and milestones in software delivery projects. We were motivated to talk about this partially because, uh, well, as with all our topics, something that I've experienced in my working life, and you probably have as well, quite recently, which has meant that I've become really ranty about a, a chosen topic. Uh, and in this case, I can be, I can think of a recent project I've been on where I would have appreciated uh, maybe more quality gates uh, and milestones. So what I suppose what is a quality gate? That's where we should start, isn't it? Best way for, I would describe it is I would say that a quality gate is checkpoint in a project which is maybe more focused on non-functional requirements in a project it might be like like a flat sort of checking how a software project is going to mess uh, sorry mess mesh with the uh, with the business and so the quality gate could be some kind of measurable target for how easy the the code in the project will be able to hand will be able to be uh, handed over to the business's BAU team that the project has produced all its high-level documentation and that has been shared with the um, with the so run team or the ops team or more related to deliverables. So things like we've got 70% code coverage or uh, we've delivered 70% of the, of the functionality or something like that. I heard it described once as... Something uh, completely different to what I've just said. No, no, the, the toll... Oh, okay, it's like good. the analogy was if there's a toll gate of quality... Uh, that's that's what I've that's what the way I the analogy I like. But you have to pay for access, and obviously in this case it's paying for access to the next stage of of a project. In my head, I don't know why I've sort of fixated around quality gates being a very tightly coupled with um, waterfall projects. I, w- I was thinking that very slightly. It doesn't necessarily have to be, um, and that's probably it's probably a very good point that you've raised. The fact that a quality gate is well it, it's a gate it, it means that you cannot complete later stages of the project unless that has been signed off it kind of even provides boundaries so you could even treat this as a mini project because otherwise if a quality gate is just another requirement then there is the potential that it can get forgotten about or it can get thrown on a backlog or it only gets completed in the last so it's, weeks. it's a hard block, it's a hard stop. If you haven't got the yeah. quality, you don't continue. I think it does fit in with Agile. In Agile, it's sort of, okay, get done what you can get done and then consistently improve on that and change the way you're working to best fit that. Do you think you can have quality gates, hard stop quality gates in an Agile project? Or does that sort of go against the continuous change, continuous delivery um, approach that goes with that? I think that I'd want to describe them as a necessary evil, but I want I want a phrase which doesn't have the word evil in because I don't think that they are bad, especially in big organisations where they're serious business to the point that they will literally have like a project plan, like or they'll have like some kind of um, 
PMO office or, or centre of excellence type thing where they will say that every, each one of our projects must go through these quality gates. So as much as we love to say agile is about iteration, blah, 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 blah. This is stuff that big organisations have learned. They've learned that if they don't get the, um, get the regression test down pat before all the all the developers disappear, then it, they know that's going to be a big source of pain. So they put a high price on that. And it could be a price. And it could be that um, the way that the project is being funded is by meeting these milestones or meeting these quality gates. They don't get the next round of funding unless this isn't met. I'm familiar with sort of production level quality gates. Um, so I've seen, I've seen, um, I've seen projects go from dev through to production but typically well, one of the main ones I've seen has been from a brand new fresh project and that now the quality gates have been there hasn't really been quality gates because it's the first milestone was almost going live by the go live date um, we need to have hit all these requirements now I can't think of any specific quality gates that were used as in I can't think aside from requirements because that's not what we're saying, is it? We're not saying requirements are quality gates. We're saying quality gates are checks that may not have any impact on the almost the standard of the project and the program, less so than the things that are in the quality gate necessarily have to be done in order for it to work. You could not have quality gates and not meet the quality standards you expect, and you could still get something out of the door. However, once you get into uh, production cycles where you put a new change on top of that, because mm -hmm. you potentially haven't gone through those quality gates during the introduction of the project, yeah. what you might find is that you're hitting more hurdles as you're going through those quality gates to get new code in. So we did a project, we initiated it, we started it, we handed it over to a production support team. Mm. They had, as you say, as companies do have, they said, oh, we know all these things, all the things that can go wrong. We've got quality gates like four eyes checks in for this purpose. Yeah. At which point you start to hit, I think we hit potentially more issues than normal, than, than mm -hmm. you might expect from other, in fact, I was told this by some of the production support teams. They said, oh, we're getting more issues in this project than some of the more um, sustained projects because there hasn't been these quality gates before. We've not had to do these checks before because it wasn't live. So a lot of that is uh, down to things like, I don't, I don't immediately say coding standards, but it's the fact that, especially when there's a new project and a new team, um, that team can often be staffed by people outside the organisation. And so it means that um, conventions and, yeah, standards or, or um, style can often be ignored it's almost so, a code production factory rather than a it's a yeah. right, we need to deliver this thing let's get it delivered less so yeah. than how is this going to be supported long term yeah and of course the long term stuff is the killer if you if you you, implement, you can implement something that's perfectly functional but totally different how everything else in the estate works it means that it means that, that yeah, the, the long-term support people and the ops guys are going to find this, well, it's going to be more difficult to run. So what do you think some of the integration product quality gates are? I think potentially maybe may slightly different to, say, I don't know, web development of, I don't know, JavaScript, CSS, HTML. It might be slightly different to your standard coding, 
quality gates, especially when you think of things like infrastructure and connectivity. A lot of integration is uh, about individual connectivity use cases rather than uh, size. So if I'm happy that you, if I'm happy that you can connect one of service A to one of service B then I'm quite happy that you can probably connect 1,000 of service A to 1,000 of service B. But I'm very concerned about how you implement that initial connection because I know that that is then going to be templated or copy-pasted or duplicated across my estate. So quality gates that you might have there is, given that you are basically defining some sort of integration pattern for us because we intend to reuse this, please can you make sure that um it's reusable you're yeah you're following our our style guides our ways of doing things if you know that we're a big java shop or microsoft shop or we're really familiar with javascript or everyone here uses eclipse because that's all they're ever given on their super lockdown machines make sure that you are creating something that is going to mesh with the end run team and and you can catch that with some kind of quality gate which is like an early yeah a four eyes check or getting a document signed off or getting a, a hello world or a watchdog service into the environment something like that you're saying about documentation i think that's key as well especially in the integration world so we've got this documentation to connect uh, application a b and c to d and they all use the same pattern. Now, part of the quality check is, well, if I give this to anybody who has any level of skill, are they able to understand it and pick up what this integration product does from their application perspective? Um, and the quality gate, I think, is, is this document transferable to other teams without our help? without somebody physically going to sit with them and saying, right, this is what this means, this is what this means. That might be a quality gate in, as well. Mm, that's, that's very good, actually. Yeah, um, yeah. knowledge transfer, well, I suppose knowledge transfer in integration in everything is just can be absolutely killer if it's done done badly, so that is a good way of phrasing it. I keep, I keep coming back to the quote paradigm. Was it the fact that if you because debugging is like twice as hard as coding or writing something fresh if you if you write something that you think is uh, as difficult if you write something that's just difficult for you on your skill level it means that it will then be too hard for you to debug which is why you should always try to write something as simply as possible which i quite like i think i might have butchered that quote but um uh, we've come to expect it peter We've come to expect that there's there's normally a butchered software development quote somewhere in every single <laughs> podcast that we do. My next question is, how often should we be doing quality gates? So um, in Agile, is that every sprint? Is that, um, I don't know, how, how, often do, how often do we do these quality gates? So if we go back to thinking that a quality gate is a big blocking milestone... I would say that the ones which basically aren't just before go live, you do them as soon as possible. I was initially going to say, well, you try and get the customers to define them all right at the very start, but that's that's not very agile. You should be kind of welcoming new requirements even at a late stage. 
in in a, in a pure pure super agile world i would just treat them as very high priority requirements to be honest i would say that something goes on it goes on the backlog and it goes straight to the top saying um make sure documentation is circulated with um ops team for review or something like that um and i would probably want to handle it that way and then i'd come to expect that and then maybe if we're doing super agile and we are saying um okay we're going to have a sprint demo or a sprint playback maybe call it out and saying this is one of our quality gates yeah exactly in a pure waterfall sense maybe very similar but normally there's like an implementation plan for how the development phase of waterfall would go and we'd say we're going to develop this function which meets this master and quality gate sign it off blah we're going to, next we're going to develop this function meets this blah 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 well i think waterfall i think of a gantt chart and every sort of Every new line essentially would have a quality gate of some description. That's that's my visual of it in my head. I love a good Gantt chart. Would you use a Gantt chart in an Agile project? I don't think I've seen one before. I'm not actually sure because I kind of feel as though... I feel as though they occupy two different roles. I feel as though Waterfall is kind of... This is the scope. This is the scope. This is the time you've got. Here's the money to do it. If anything, if any of those change, then there's hell to pay. And then agile is kind of, you're making a team which is which you should assume is permanent until it's not, and that team is basically going to become a code factory where requirements get put in, and code comes out, and and for as long as that team lasts, we're going to keep putting requirements in the front and expecting stuff to come out the back. Is it bad that I don't see agile teams as having kind of like defined ends? I kind of see an agile team as something that gets set up to be like basically a factory that will be there forever until someone removes So go on, the next point, who determines what the quality gates? Is it the PM? Is it the developers? Is it a communal decision? Is it... Um... I feel as though, to be caught, I feel like a quality gate is something that's imposed by the client. I mean, those things can be imbo- imposed by the, the, the delivery team, the delivery team or the delivery PM or tech lead. Or I feel like those things can be imposed, but I wouldn't, I wouldn't see them as being. Well, I mean, I suppose that they would be quality gates. They just wouldn't have the, the weighting behind them that they're being tracked at a high level, at a senior level by the client. So you'd say you have product owner quality gates that's like us in our integration spaces saying that we're not setting this system up until um you've agreed to use tls 1.2 or tell us a very good reason why yeah you're not doing that so that's a quality gate and that's that's something we might do as a sounds more like a requirement but yeah go on so that's a product owner so that i think there's a product owner quality gate uh, mm-hmm. with developers I think there is a development lead quality gate so this number mm-hmm. of unit I want this percentage of test coverage um, of the code and then the project owner might say something like um, there needs to be the, there needs to be a, a process for getting this into into each environment mm-hmm with sign off by my my network architect by my solution architect that they would be three levels of of quality gate one is the project owner who says we're not moving on until this has been done you have the mm-hmm. you have the 
um, product owner who says, I strongly recommend this thing within here um, and my quality gate is, I will make sure that we've gone over this as a discussion point before we, we move on, before we move on to the next part of setting up. And then you'll have the uh, sort of the developer who says, until I'm sure the quality of this development code is able to join the the main pipeline of code um, without causing failures or whatever, um, mm-hmm. that's their level of quality gate. So I feel like there's probably three tiers. And as you say, it's the project owner who has the most oomph behind it. Yeah. I feel like we've kind of said that quality gates, they're another type of requirement. They're, they're, a, stronger, they're a stronger requirement that can basically block a project quite rightly so because they're such high priority uh and yeah and and yeah i think you're right especially that everyone ought to be able to feed into them but at the end of the day only the person who's paying for it is going to kind of have the final say of, of what is the most the most critical thing i think we probably well, i i think quality gates are good i'll get the impression mm-hmm. that you also believe quality gates are good based on our discussion so far I agree. Quality gates are good. Um, so now, provided they are implemented. Yeah, I was going to say now is the time for some buts. But why might quality gates not be good? Where, where, where are the disadvantage? Where the disadvantages come into quality gates? Well, to be honest, I can't really think of anything. Um, the, my, 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 the, the concept of a quality gate, I can't criticise. If they were if they were just being put in, okay, if they were just being put in for no reason so that we can all pat ourselves on the back and think, aren't we great at managing a project? Let's let's put in some totally arbitrary, useless requirements like, um, uh, I don't know, we're going to have it so that uh, there's a full regression test for the platform that must be delivered before we go live. But wait, the project was, a, the project was just to, I don't know, wiring a new piece of network hardware so for example you could say and we've discussed this before i want 90 percent coverage of my unit tests i want my unit test have 90 percent coverage sorry now that's fine but i could write a test that says whatever comes out of the code that i've written mm-hmm. is correct Rather than okay, yeah. rather than the unit test I'm writing has a result which is expected based on the requirement. Now, the implementation of that quality gate, which is ninety percent coverage or ninety nine or one hundred percent coverage, is uh, the input. Just it's so arbitrary; it needs to be a bit more specific, doesn't it? And I yeah. think that's where the disadvantage comes when there isn't enough thought put into the actual quality gate yeah. itself, and then it allows room for. I'm not saying it's specific people's fault, but when there's a tight deadline or a lot of pressure to deliver, sometimes we find that uh, the the coverage becomes higher, <laughs> for example, on the unit test, even if it doesn't reflect yeah. the requirements. Yeah, that's usually because of the fact that um, I, I kind of feel that 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 tends to become more of an organizational thing when people start bodging tests um, or bodging the 
the making this or giving the impression that the system has met a quality gate even if it potentially hasn't yeah so do quality yeah. gates therefore need to have some form of review well accountability controlled uh, controlled measure so i.e um how do we know that the quality gate is actually in enforcing quality that's my question well it's going to either require require a human review or a perfectly automated non-fudgeable machine review yeah <laughs> yeah unless you buy some i know you buy some off-the-shelf product which is like we will impose a very strict test coverage that you can then draconially draco draconian alley there's been times when i've been i've been doing things in production it wasn't quite it was like a dry run so it was it wasn't in production it was a pre-go like it was production but it was pre-go live so it wasn't there was nobody on there it wasn't a real system it was still essentially it was a test system waiting to go live now we did a four eye we had a four eyes check on that but the person who was four eyes checking the work i was doing didn't really understand the product so i was having to <laughs> Well, but that's that's a real thing. Now I taught them, yeah. I taught them through and said, "This is what I'm doing. This is why this. Have you got any questions? Um, I'm going to do this. This will have this impact." So, being able to talk it through, fine. Mm -hmm. That was a conscious decision I made. I could have probably just gone got on with it, and if they hadn't asked questions, then they'd have just had to have trusted that what I was doing was fine. So, even a four eyes check on its own is an arbitrary um, require uh, a quality gate isn't it because the four eyes, the quality gate really should be four eyes checked with um with suitably skilled um validator something like that so it needs to be by somebody who knows what the hell you're doing on the system yeah sorry yeah <laughs> yeah good well yeah good absolutely. good 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 agent okay so in summary, Aiden, we've talked about nothing as usual. However, we have had some grains of uh, truth. Basically, what how how would we go about defining quality gates? Uh, very strict milestones that can block a project. When would we use them? Uh, normally, we wouldn't, but they would be imposed on, or they would be recommended, I should say, by client or by who's paying because. At the end of the day, they're the one who will have the most long-term use out of a system. Uh, they are normally requirements that cover off um, requirements that cover off uh, things that will be benefit in the super long-term. Things like we discussed code coverage, uh, getting lots of teams on side, making sure that knowledge can be shared correctly. Those sort of things are they a good idea? Yes. Can you do them completely wrong if you rush it and don't have anyone reviewing? Yes. Yeah, I think that's a very good summary, Peter. I, uh, yeah, I think we could probably talk a lot more about, um, or we have talked a lot already about the manifestations of quality gates in different project types. And mm. um, so specifically we've talked about waterfall and agile, but we could probably go into what I believe is a lot more depth there. We went into a little detail about unit tests, which again, I think we could probably have a little field day talking about. Um, but quality gates, they are subject to the product, to the project owner. 
uh, as you say, and they are ensuring quality at each milestone. Um, yeah, good. So uh, that's a quality. That's a quality gate. Make sure you use them. Maybe we should impose quality gates in our podcast. Yeah. What would the What would a podcast quality gate be? R- written an agenda. Yeah. Got it signed off. Got it reviewed. Yeah. Between um, our, between ourselves. Between ourselves. Classic quality gates being when you review yourself, so there's no there's no uh, nothing in it. And obviously that we stay in the time limits we set ourselves, Peter. But anyway, thank you for joining us on our first series of API podcasts, and hopefully um, you liked what you heard, and you'll join us again for our next series. Lovely. That's all for this week. Thank you for listening. Bye bye. Goodbye. Bye-bye.